here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. Glad to be back again with you guys on the Dharmic Evolution. Uh, we're going to New Jersey today. Um, but before we do, is everybody here? Are you guys all in your seats? Headphones on? Got the uh, Dharmic Evolution on in your car? All right, all right. If you're digging the show, would you please go to dharmicevolution.com and you can just click on your favorite podcast platform and every Friday morning when the show comes out, it comes right to your phone. And a couple of little news flashes. Um, you know, I really, I know that you guys like the show because I saw all these comments that I hadn't responded to. They were laying dormant in the website queue. So I responded to everybody and thank you so much for writing and your kind words and thoughts about the show. Really, it goes, um, it's really so much appreciated. And uh, some cool news. Uh, we got invited from our wonderful um, RSS feed, Libsyn. Thank you, Libsyn, for inviting us on behalf of Ghana. They're the largest streaming platform in India. They're like huge. I think they have 150 million uh, listeners. So we got invited. So the Dharmic Evolution will be on that platform. Allow me to give you a little backstory on today's guest, which I'm very excited about. So since 1994, he's been recording and performing his unique style of Christian music. He blends pop, rock, R&B in a way not typical of Christian artists then and now. He's also engineered, produced, and performed for a number of local and regional artists and has also worked with widely known Christian artists such as singer-songwriter Gary Oliver, guitarist Mike Deasy of the Wrecking Crew fame, Jason Alvarez, and Daniel M, I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to say it anyway. M Stutz, A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. He's a pioneer in modern worship. I should know that. Though his own sound is often musically reminiscent of secular artists, there is a deeply sincere and uncompromising spiritual element present in every song. For many years, he's been a pastor of a local congregation in New Jersey, but no doubt some of his best sermons are set to music. Well, you better strap up your seatbelts because we're taking a ride today on the Dharmic Evolution from the Music City with George Hillman. George Hillman, welcome to the Dharmic Evolution. Great to have you on board. Well, thank you. It is great to be here. <laughs> By the way, how did you uh, how did you come across the show? Just out of curiosity, I don't know. I I, I might have seen something in a in a, in a search, or uh, uh, I'm not sure how actually we got connected. I can't remember. That's a good answer. I like those because it was the spirit of God that did this one for us. I have a feeling, and <laughs> and I want to congratulate you right out of the gate on. Uh, just for you folks who are listening, George had sent me um, via private messenger his new song, In God We Trust. 
And I generally don't really um, invite somebody on on the strength of them sending just a song arbitrarily out of the ether. But I did in this case because it was such a great song and kind of in my wheelhouse as a Christian artist and was really, I felt so compelled after listening to the song that uh, I got to dig in a little deeper. And uh, and I'm so glad that I found your um, your brand, your ministry, and your music all in one uh, felled swoop under one roof. And from New Jersey, which is where I am from, even though I'm in oh. Nashville, Tennessee now. But uh, but yeah, glad to have you on board and to uh, to share your story with the world today. Thank you so much for having me, and I'm, I'm so glad we connected. Yeah, so let's let's tell people about um, your ministry first and foremost. Um, Bloomfield, New Jersey, is it? Yeah, Bloomfield, New Jersey, and I've been pastoring a church there for a while. Uh, but actually, we just closed the church. You know, uh, kind of kind of feeling that there's a new chapter in my life. Uh, you know, I'm just waiting to see what God's going to do. Right. And, but I've been uh, uh, pastor there for for several years, and before that, I pastored Calvary Chapel in Montclair, New Jersey. Wow, Calvary Chapel—that sounds very familiar. In Montclair, uh, Montclair is another big music uh, scene for you folks out there, the uh, music fans who are many uh, that follow the Dharmic Evolution. Really great um, artists there. And um, so, what led you to becoming a pastor? How did it all get started for you? Well, it was kind of, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say accidental, but um, it really wasn't uh, my plan. You know, it wasn't my aspiration, but uh, I was uh, attending a church and I was actually doing music. I had a band at that time and um, uh, started a Bible study and uh, out of the Bible study, the, the church grew, and then my pastor at the time ordained me, and, uh, and that's kind of how it all started. Wow. Any specialty for you on um, as far as is there a specific, um, I guess, segment of people or demographic that you feel compelled to, um, to have guidance towards? Is it young adults? Is it older people? Is it young kids? Or is it, or is it just the general population of whoever um, comes to your ministry? It, it is the general population, but I have to say, you know, the demographic got older as I got older. Right. Uh, but, um, but pretty much uh, any and everybody. Yeah. And uh, you know, and, and I have a real heart for people who uh, struggle with church. Believe it or not, you know, because I was a person who. Uh, uh, had gone through many things uh, as a church attendee, and I got to the point where I left one church, and I, I literally said, God, I don't have a problem with you, but if I never set foot in another church, <laughs> I'll be good. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> and and uh, it seems, uh, you know, in my, you know, my, in, in, in my experience, I mean, you know, there are a lot of people that are like that, yeah. uh, either hurt by a church or disillusioned or even just... Uh, on the part of the person, you know, not willing to grow into understanding what church is and purpose for it, you know. So I, I have a real heart for folks like that. 
Yeah, we're, uh, we share the same story. Um, many of us, yeah, kind of got disillusioned. Uh, I went to Catholic school as a youngster, and uh, I kind of fell away from it for a long time. But um, I want to circle back to this story. But for right now, I want to give everybody a taste of what George's music is all about. So we're going to start with this first one, and it's called Hold On. Yeah. 
Hold On. What a great song. Really great song. Love mm. the sax in that. And you kind of have this, um, I don't know, it's hard to put my, my hands around uh, your genre because it, it seems like a combination of styles. I'm hearing some R&B. I'm hearing some great rock. Not, not rock in the traditional sense, but there's that edge in there, mm-hmm. which I really, really enjoy. And you're great with your melodies, man. Excellent, excellent mm-hmm. melodies. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, so yeah, how, I mean, I, how did it start? I mean, like, who who were you listening to as a, as, as a youngster growing up? Uh, honestly, I just liked music. I, I remember uh, being, I don't know, must have been around maybe 10, 11 years old. Uh, we had a, a stereo, you know, this was, uh, you know, I'm an old guy, and I, I know I'm going to totally date myself here, but we had a, a stereo with, uh, you know, cassette and the, the two speakers, and I was just totally fascinated because almost by accident, I discovered like when you actually sit right between the speakers, there's some magical things that happen. And I used to spend hours literally just listening to the stereo. And my, my parents started buying me records. And, uh, you know, I had everything from Led Zeppelin to Stevie Wonder to, you know, I, I just love music. And I was fascinated by the process. You know, I would sit there and I would listen. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm asking myself, why is that guitar over there? Or why does this sound like that? And just became very fascinated, you know, very, very uh, uh, you know, enamored by it. And, um, and, and so musically, I, I have a lot of influences, uh, listening to a lot of rock and a lot of pop and a lot of R&B of the day. Uh, but also just from a technical uh, standpoint, you know, I, 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 again, I was just be fascinated by, by the craft of making music and uh, wanting to understand that. You mentioned a cassette. What is a cassette, George? <laughs> <laughs> For our younger viewers out there who like, you know, they talk about like, you know, records and discs and LPs yeah, yeah. and vinyl. Like, what is that, you know? And yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm delighted that vinyl's been making a comeback over the last like, uh, yeah. four or five years, which is really great. But yeah. uh but yeah, so I guess what you just described, like sitting between a stereo, um, kind of conditioned you or maybe inspired you to be the engineer uh, that comes with, um, with who you are. It's one of the many components that make up uh, George Hillman. Of course, it's the artist, it's the singer, it's the musician, uh, the player, and the engineer is a very important component because most of us end up in that camp. And it, I think it's a, a part of the building blocks that make us better musicians, like understanding that world and learning how to, rev, um, you know, rev, not revolutionize it, but um, kind of leverage it to make you be a better musician. And I think engineering helps you do that because it, it you know, it, it focuses on your shortfalls in the studio and uh, mm-hmm. little tricks and things that you can do to enhance your performances and so forth. So I think engineering is a, is a great um, tool for people to pursue. Well, to well it is, their... and it's part of the process in that, you know, when you write lyrics, there's a certain vibe and a, and a certain thing that you want to communicate. Uh, your chords, the same thing, the rhythms. Uh, but the engineering is, is a part of that. You know, and, and that helps to, uh, to get the message across. Yeah. Do you remember mm. when, um, when uh, Quadraphonic came out? Absolutely. 
that was Absolutely. like you had to like you know it it was very short lived and for people who don't know it's it's instead of stereo they broke the band into four pieces instead of two pieces so you went into a room and you you just sat in the middle of the room and you had you know you were surrounded by the sound and now they have surround sound still and in, in that it's kind of a different technology but I know right, it was right. short lived because you know who had an extra room that they could go in and sit and just say I'm just going to be in here with my musical experience. I guess it wasn't very pragmatic, but it, you know, it, it was probably very cool. I remember yeah. em- the band Emerson Lake and Palmer used to play live in quad. You know, they were like one of the few bands that that delved right. into this. It was pretty interesting. Right, right. I remember all that. Yeah, yeah. but um, I think people go back to the good old sweet sound of stereo. Um, you know, I still have this experience when I'm mixing down and something on the board when I'm mixing a show is not in stereo and I'm listening to this song and I'm distracted and I'm going, why does it not sound right? And it's, oh, you hit the button and it goes into stereo and that beautiful separation <laughs> of, you know, the horns are over here right. and the electric guitar is over there. It's There's right. nothing like it, you yeah. know. Good set yeah. of headphones, yeah. <laughs> hey, want to do another one? Um, this one I really enjoyed. I listened to this uh, about 20 minutes ago, and uh, this is called uh, The Greatest of These. And you want to set this up for our audience? Tell us about this song a little bit. Absolutely. It, it, very simple thing. I mean, it, you know, obviously inspired, uh, well, more than inspired. I mean, the words are pretty much directly from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. Um, but it is an important thing, I, I, I think, as a Christian, you know, uh, to, to really understand not just the love of God, the love that he has shown towards us, but also that as Christians, we really need to show love towards other people. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a big subject. It's a great subject. And uh, the song just, you know, kind of came from that, really, just through that chapter and just uh, looking at all the various things that uh, uh, you know that that are uh, portrayed or, 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 or shown to be uh, love from God's perspective and of course that feeling of you know uh, wow I don't live up to nothing <laughs> but yeah. uh, but really that's what the song is it's really just encouragement and just a, a song that was pressed on my heart just that chapter great let's take a listen now here it is greatest of these. Things that do remain Only one thing 
stands above and that is love Whoa, that is love And the greatest of these 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 is Greatest of these really enjoyed that. And can you uh, take us in the studio for this um, instrumentation? Um, what are you playing uh, during this? On that particular song, I'm playing everything. Actually. I was gonna, I was gonna venture there, and I said, no, no, don't build him up too much because if he says, no, no, I just stood outside and everybody else came in and did everything. <laughs> so you're playing the piano, you got the bass covered, yeah. the guitar, pretty much everything yeah. going on there. Yeah drums as well yeah wow so you're doing a live live kit excellent yeah well it's not quite a well, live a kit. combination I mean, I, I, i've actually fallen in love with the electronics yeah and this is actually going way back before everybody was uh, embracing electronic drums um i i uh, was on staff at a church where we had a recording studio and uh 
we had a tight budget, so we didn't have a whole lot of microphones. And so I started, you know, I, I convinced them to, to buy a, a pad kit. You know, we had a, a little Roland uh, kit with, with pads and a, and, a, and, a, and a foot pedal that was an electronic pedal. Yeah. And uh, so that's what I used to play all the drums live. And I've grown to love that so much because there's so much flexibility. I mean, you know, of course, you could spend time tuning drums and muffling them just right and choosing the right microphone and angles and all that. But I love the fact that you can just kind of plug it all in and step through the uh, you know, the sounds and find something and even do things that you can do electronically that you can't do with acoustic kits. So, uh, and originally I was a drummer, actually, by the way. Oh, were you? Uh, that was your first instrument? Or? That was my first instrument that I really, uh, you know, got good at and uh, did something with, actually. I did, uh, out of high school, I did some studio work and, you know, a lot of live stuff. You know, nothing uh, nothing real impressive, you know, as far as uh, fame and fortune, but uh, did a lot of that. Yeah, the, the song was really, really great. And uh, I love the fact that you're kind of in that camp of, you know, um, let's stay with the organic thing pretty much. You know, you're actually playing real instruments rather than doing the whole thing electronically, which a lot of people do today. Um, yeah, yeah. No, you can't beat the feel of that. Yeah, it's all feel, you know, it's and that's that's the beauty of music, really. So uh, that's really, really great. Um, when you, growing up in New Jersey, as you have, I'm assuming you grew up in New Jersey. Yes, um, I did. Mm-hmm. You know, you were going through bands and finding yourself, finding your style and everything through the years. Um, you mentioned earlier some of your early influences. Anybody who is um, out there as far as not just a musician, but um, a pastor, a leader, somebody that really influenced your life in a big way. And it, it can be musical, too, um, mm. but, but that kind of set you on the path that you are on now. Because you said it ended up accidentally, um, just like mm. I ended up in a Baptist church five years ago, accidentally getting baptized after, after bringing, being brought up as a Catholic. So we never know where we're going we're gonna to end up. But, uh, but the journey is sometimes you know, fun to hear about. Yeah, well, for me, it was really interesting. Uh, I was with this church where we had a band. We, we kind of toured locally and regionally, um, you know, a lot of things in the, in the New York area, a lot of concerts. And we were at this retreat center in upstate New York. And I was going through a phase. I, I think that was the beginning of my, uh, and I don't want to give the wrong impression, but the only way I can really describe it is it was my I hate church phase. Okay. And I, 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 I was in a funk. I was really upset over some things that happened. We had to do this concert. You know, we had the minister there. And right after we ministered, I just took off, went upstairs in this retreat center and found this room, this library. And so I sat down and I was just kind of, you know, a little smoke cloud over my head and, you know, and I was just totally, uh, you know, really needing to kind of get with God. <laughs> right. But I look over at the bookshelf and for some reason, this one book caught my attention and it was just simply called the Haley's Bible Handbook. And I started flipping through this book and, you know, it, it, was, it was a pretty good resource. It's something that I still use to this day, actually, uh, to, to study and uh, to, to just read about things, research things. Uh, but it's a very basic book. But 
on the cover, he had a little call out on the book that said the most important page is, I can't remember the page number, it was like page 863. He said, this is the most important page in the book. And so I'm like, okay, I'll bite. I flipped to this page and he has a whole section in the middle of this commentary, in the middle of this handbook where he just lays out a case for, for verse by verse teaching through the Bible. And he talks about how he started to take his congregation verse by verse through books, you know. So in other words, you know, there, there's, uh, if you're familiar with, with expository teaching, you know, it, it, it's not just really dry reading through there, but it's, it's kind of sermons, you know, topical sermons, but in the context of what you see in the Bible. Right. And it's really great because, it, you know, everything, again, stays in context. Uh, so it, you, you're, you're learning things that are not just opinion and, and not just uh, whatever the, uh, you know, the doctrine of the day is, uh, but you're actually learning the Bible. And, and, you know, and I was fascinated by it. And I was like, this is fabulous, but no church like that exists. Yeah. And so uh, fast forward a few years, uh, I ended up in a church where they taught verse by verse through the Bible. And, um, and, and that was a big Thing, I mean, that was a real life changer for me. Uh, it helped me as a Christian just to really have understanding because, you know, I mean, you know, we know scriptures. I mean, everybody has their handful of favorite scriptures. But sometimes, you know, I, I even find this to this day when I'm reading the Bible, I'll run across a scripture that I know like the back of my hand, I've, it, I've preached it. But when I'm actually reading it in the context of the Bible, all of a sudden it's like a ton of bricks, like pow, like wow, you know, and I really get understanding and God speaks that way in the context, not just the verses, but the context of the verse. And, and so that was a life changer for me. Did you ever find that um, in studying, you'll be looking at a chapter that you've read, a verse that you've read multiple times, over right, and over, right. like hundreds of times. And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. one day, it's like it crystallizes Absolutely. in your mind. Like, with this is the thousandth time I've read this. And I just <laughs> right. finally, like, had that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's like, what happened? Where was I all this time? Yeah. Well, that, that <laughs> is the evidence of the Holy Spirit, you know, because God will take things. And, you know, you might read it, but it might not be relevant to something. Or it might not pertain to something or somewhere that God wants to take you with it. Yeah, I, and, uh, and but but that is one of the. the I mean, it, it, it's something that you can't really explain to people unless they to have that experience. Yeah, but at the same time, that is the evidence of the Holy Spirit—the fact that you know it's a living book written to us by a living God, and you know the whole thing is dynamic, and the whole thing is is you know it. it it's fluid. It's just something that that's always speaking to us if we take the time to always stay in it. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm constantly uh, asking his forgiveness for my humanness. <laughs> you know, Aren't we all? yeah. Hey, this is a good time to play in God we trust. Here we go.
little bit of LL Cool J, Cool in the Gang. You got the <laughs> Funk Master working it, baby. Ooh, I love that, man. Just from the first first two bars, it was just, you know, your feet feet are going. You know, that was awesome. Really enjoyed that. Uh, great song, great thank song, you, and you. and yeah, I'm I'm really excited for people to hear not only your music but that one in particular because. Uh, you know, it's such a, a good time. The timing couldn't be more perfect for Absolutely. a song. And, and as a matter of fact, I've been doing shows with that sort of a backdrop. Um, you know, if you're looking for something to trust, I'm not a big believer in groups, and I don't I don't care to join groups of any kind because I, I think they alienate people. <laughs> like, you know, bowling clubs and golf clubs and whatever it is, it's like um, if you're going to put your trust in something, or someone, you know, it's it's the Lord, and your your benefits from doing that and having the faith in Him to steer you in the right direction are almost unexplainable. You know, you have to do it to to appreciate it. So, with this song, um, I can't thank you enough on behalf of everybody who's going to get a taste of this to um, to really appreciate it. Great song. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a real special song to me, you know, because. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, I, and, and I don't want to, you know, wax people here, but, but just a short thing. Uh, the day I saw our president stand in front of a church and hold up a Bible, to me, that was huge. And now, you know, whenever I say that to people, you know, some people get defensive, some people get upset. Oh, they, they don't like Trump. And, right. You know, and regardless of who he really is and what you think of him. I just thought that what he did was so spiritually significant, right? Because it is what we need to to, to do, and 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 even a man that is flawed in many ways, you know, to have him hold up a Bible, I was just like, wow, that that just makes me so hopeful about the things of God. Yeah, and it's you know, politicians generally stay away from the Lord, which which always bothers me because it's like. Right. You know, if, if ever we needed God more than ever, it's it's like right now we're living in really tumultuous times and, you know, Absolutely. it's end times. And, you know, there's there are people who are out there just struggling for uh, not only guidance, but they're struggling for food. There's people who are just, you know, starving and in, in just not just in uh, other countries, but in this country as well, who don't right. have enough to eat. So, you know, I'm all about the gratitude thing and give thanks each day and uh, if you have food and you have a place to lay your head at night, um, mm -hmm. you're you're doing better than than most of the people on this planet. And that, you know, that is very true. Yeah, that is very true. But so, you know, and 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 you and I, and I'm sure a lot of people listening know that. I mean, we we trust God. Yes. You know? I mean, you know, there there's a lot of things that uh, hey, we're grateful for our country. We're grateful for you know whatever candidate you happen to subscribe to. I'm sure in some way you're grateful for them or whatever they do. But it is God that, you know, and, and I think that that's important for us believers, you know, because we get sucked into that. You know, I mean, I, I try to stay away from Facebook because I, you know, I get sucked into conversations, too, about politics and about this and that. Yeah, um, I gave it up. I gave it up for Lent, but then never stopped. <laughs> that was very wise. <laughs> well, you know what happened? I got a lot of friends who were very political. And about, right. I guess, about three years ago, four years ago, um, I just, I... I got entrenched in, like, I'll make just a very, very mild comment. And all of a sudden, I'm entangled in this, like, battle of words. Right. And and so I said, you know what, no more. Um, you know, I'm just apolitical, and it's like, 
you know, if I, I, if I have things I need to take to somebody, I take them to the Lord. I stay away from that because, first of all, I don't know enough about it. You know, I'm not, like, like, you have to be some kind of an expert, and everyone's an expert at that but me, because I don't know anything about it, so. Well, I don't know if they're an expert. I think that, well, they know, think they are. knows how to, well, people know how to Google things. Yes, Because everything's yes. just a cut, it's just a cut, cut and paste war, you know, that's all it is. Yeah, and it, but there's no end to it, and it doesn't end up. No. It doesn't end up inspiring and helping people in the end. It makes people into enemies, no. and so I said, you know yeah. what, if I'm going to do something on this show, I'm going to remain you know, apolitical, and I'm going to stand with, um, just my my motto is try to do something to help someone every single day, even if it's just one small thing. And then I can feel like I'm making some kind of contribution. But, um, you know, to get entangled in in fights that go nowhere just um, doesn't doesn't really appeal to me. Um, My my position really is also, you know, in in the book of Joshua, you know, there's a time when God's people were uh, about to take the city of Jericho, you know, you know, and uh, here they are all encamped and uh, all of a sudden this person, uh, I guess that's one way to describe it, appears to Joshua and he approaches him and uh, the short of it is Joshua says, well, you know, are you on our side or our enemy's side? And when you read it, it's kind of interesting because the, the person never answers. The person just says no, basically in saying, you know, I'm on God's side. Right. <laughs> I'm not for you or for your enemies. I'm for God, you know, and, and that always inspires me. You know, I, I always want to remember that. You know, It's like that's the side I'm on. You know, I want to bless people. I want to help people. I want to minister to people, see them do good and. Uh, you know, and that's the side to be on. <laughs> yeah, and and the, the wonderful thing about the Lord is too, he he doesn't play favors. He doesn't care about if you've got the you're with the red team or the blue team or whatever. He's colorblind, and he's and I'm not just talking about skin color. He's colorblind through and through. Mm-hmm. He doesn't play favorites to anyone any time ever. And um, uh, you know, like people in jail. I I started this little prison ministry uh, about six months ago, and I played a couple of jails in Virginia. And he put that on my heart years ago. And it's like you go in and you see these people who have done like really, in some cases, some really bad things, but they're not lost. They're, you know, and, and the mission is to say, you know what, there's hope for all of us. And nobody's above anybody else on this planet or, or below them. You have the opportunity to make amends with the Lord and, and let him take you to where he wants to take you. So... So I, I just love that, that we all have an opportunity to have a clean slate tomorrow. And uh, people th- mm-hmm. think that they've done things so bad that they can never get out from under that. And I don't think they should feel that way. Um, well, no, and, and that's what it's all about. You know, we, we, need to get, we need the Lord. I mean, if we were able to fix ourselves and right our own wrongs, I mean, you know, of course, we probably would have done that years ago. We probably never would have even gotten entangled in the thing that we've been entangled with. Well, I mean, the, the, the fact is we all need God, and God graciously has made himself available to each and every one of us. And, and that's a wonderful thing when you think about it. Yeah. And, and that's also part of the sentiment of the song. It's, you know, we need to trust God. Let's get back to just trusting God and right. trusting in things that really matter. Amen. Uh, Amen. Hey, <laughs> let me ask you, George, what is your greatest mm-hmm. challenge in ministry today? Besides the obvious, I mean, the political scene and all that, and people 
um, you know, kind of at each other. But like in a direct in a direct day to day or week to week or month to month, as you as you look out at, um, you know, your uh, your churchgoers, uh, your people who are supporting you, your your, your family, if you will. Um, what's your greatest challenge that you struggle with um, as far as what do I do with this? Well, I mean, you know, it's it's an interesting question because, you know, you, you you have to love people where they are. And, you know, I have my opinions about how everyone should live their life. But, you know, it's not necessarily about what I think or what I would do in that situation. But ministry to me is just getting everybody to the point where they are connected directly with God themselves. You know, again, verse by verse teaching it immerses people in the Bible where they find the answers that God has for them. Uh, but I think that the biggest struggle is that church in general is, uh, you know, something that, that, that kind of makes people depend on it. So you're not really doing what, the, you know, what, what Paul says, you know, equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry, you know, that's in Ephesians. Um, but what you're doing is you're getting people strung out on whatever it is that the church bent is. And, you know, and don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I know I've said a few things that probably makes people think that, you know, oh, he's just anti-church. I'm really not anti-church, but I'm just saying you got to keep it in perspective. Church should be a place where we're able to go and to minister to people and love people as well as receive love and, you know, uh, be able to, to, to put to use the things that God has shown us or equipped us with, you know, as well as to be blessed by others, you know, and, and, and that's kind of the dynamic. I mean, when you go back to, you know, to, to Acts and look at the, uh, the first church, I mean, it's a very simple thing, whereas church now is very complex. So, so I think that that's really the struggle is to just, you know, in getting people to just, you know, let, let's not have all the stuff, you know, let's not worry about all that. In fact, you know, the whole Corona thing is very interesting because there are a lot of people now that are coming to grips with the fact that, okay, well, ministry still happens even though we can't physically go to a church building, you know? Right. Yeah. The, the things of God still go on. I mean, we still need to be ministered to, and we still ought to take the opportunity to minister to other people. It, it's not about the building. It's not about the, you know, the layers of ministry, you know, the... Um, you know, the pastor's got to do it, you know, and people kind of feel that way, you know, that's what we pay the pastor for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really need to go share my faith with anyone. You know, let him, do it, you know, yeah. but I think it's a great time because there are, there are a lot of conversations I've had with people where they're starting to have home fellowships and uh, they're starting to reach out to people and, and really put their faith to use, make your faith part of your life, not just something that you do when you go to a certain Monday. And so, um, yeah, so I mean, so I think that that's, you know, to answer your question about the struggle, but also that's the good side of what's going on. Uh, you know, even with the New Testament, the whole backdrop of the New Testament is a persecuted church. You know, they, they didn't have a big ministry with a, you know, rocking worship band and, uh, you know, three projectors up front. You know, they, they didn't have all of that. I mean, you know, it was persecution. I mean, you know, some they, they were in uh, certain times where, uh, you know, going to church or, or gathering with the Christians was taking your life in there, you know. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, and I, I pray that we don't 
fully experience that. You know, that, that, that's kind of my prayer, even though it may be inevitable when you read the scriptures. Um, but I think that, you know, it, it's good for all of us to just sit back and say, okay, well, what is the faith about? You know, and, and what does being Christian mean? You know, what is that about? You know, and, and just learn to do it in a different way. Yeah, I think having a, um, you know, the relationship with the Lord is something that it just doesn't, it just doesn't start like poof, it's just there. I mean, for some people, you hear stories of, of that's how it went, but but I really feel like um, it's the commitment, you know, it's the, you know, for me, it's like every day, my first hour, I get up very early, and I spend, you know, probably the first hour or, or near near an hour in prayer every every day. And it's probably the best part of my day because I become very centered and I become very guided because I allow the power of the Holy Spirit and ask the Lord for guidance and blessings every day because I obviously don't know what I'm doing on my own. <laughs> and so so uh, I think when people finally you know, are brave enough to, to take that first step and then say, okay, and I think me, my job is to make them curious. You know, this, this Dharmic evolution, like I get a lot of people from India that follow this show because they hear Dharmic evolution. Hey, this guy must be. And then they find out I'm a Christian, you know, who plays rock music, you know, and go, what happened? How'd we get on this site? What, what is this about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I don't care. It's like, it, it doesn't matter, man. I just hope to make you, you curious. And, and then I, I've, I've kind of done my, uh, my mission. Hey, let's play this. Jesus. Jesus said, be fishers of men. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. Let's do this one. It's called Living Ain't Life. I love the title, too. Here we go. Should I realize the truth by now? Always get so far away and never know just how. So much vanity in this life, it's a wonder one can stand. It took a broken heart for me to understand. You know 
beautiful song, Living Ain't Life. Is that, um, was that an electric uh, piano or was that an acoustic piano that, that you were playing there? Uh, no, it's it's a sampled piano. Is it? Okay. Yeah, Beautiful and, and it's also layered with something else, like a like a uh, you know electric band or something under there. It's a few sounds layered in there. Yeah, great title and great song, and the production is really really awesome. Can you uh, for for some of us uh, gearheads, can you take us into your approach? Um, are you a Pro Tools guy, Logic guy? Like, how do you how do you put your music together, George? Well, actually, I, I use Reaper, what which is I love. And uh, Reaper started out, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm still a poor guy, but I mean, it started with me because I was poor. And, uh, you know, they have a real generous uh, deal there where you can uh, use the software pretty much forever for free. And then, uh, you know, I guess when you when you get convicted or, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or you just feel like you want to give back to the community, uh, actually. You said it's called Reaper, R-E-A-P-E-R. Yes, I, I haven't yes. heard of that. Wow, and and it, and it actually is it is is, a, is, a, is an excellent program, and, and and I prefer it to 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 Pro Tools. I used to work in a studio where it was Pro Tools Studio, and you know there are so many things uh, that I'm able to do with Reaper that you know I'm sitting there in Pro Tools and I'm like, okay, well, how can I do this? Or you know, I have to take twenty minutes to try to figure it out. Um, but that's what I use, and then I have um, uh, a lot of different uh, plugins, excellent plugins. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a wonderful day and age where you can have, uh, you know, a, 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 a large Neve console in your computer. Yeah, and it works mm. the same, and it sounds just as lush and just as great. Um, so, so that's really it. But a lot of my processes, you know, I mean, I, I, I've kind of evolved into doing everything all at once so it's not like a songwriting phase and then after the songwriting i might arrange it you know and, and you know i used to do that a lot uh back in the older days because you had to physically go to a studio to actually do recording so everything was kind of compartmentalized like that but i love the fact that you know when i start out with a song it could be just a piano riff or a guitar riff or something uh, but once you lay it down, it sounds fabulous, and it's there, and you can just build on top of it. So you're kind of mixing as you go along, and you're songwriting as you go along, and uh, even in some ways, you're, you're preparing it to be mastered as you go along as well. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I love the tools that we have today. Um, but that's pretty much the process. I mean, you know, it, it, it it's not so much like, again, uh, in the past where you had to do everything one stage at a time and uh you know and i really love that you know it kind of leads to to more creativity you know kind of like doing a painting yeah you know i imagine uh how you know awkward it would be if you could say okay well today we're going to paint with red (laughs) and then tomorrow we're going to put the yellow in. yeah you know that's that's not really the process yeah and so it's great to be able to to that kind of a uh you know when you're creating music. Yeah, you're more of the Da Vinci. You've got the whole palette of colors in the left hand and the right hand is oh. is creating it, yeah. Hey, yeah, uh, talk about mastering a little bit for a moment. For some of you folks who don't pay a whole lot of attention to mastering, it's very, very important. And oh, uh, George is a mastering engineer, so can you just give us a... Well, a, I'm, I'm actually not, and, and I try not to get into that process because I think it needs to be an objective third party. 
Okay. Uh, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, if, if, if I may say this, you know, being an African-American, it's like I love bass. It's just part of our DNA. Right. So <laughs> everything saying... has to have a lot of bass, but that's not necessarily what's best for the song. So I hear you, man. But so are you saying you take <laughs> yourself out of the equation when it comes to mixing and mastering? Well, mixing, I do. You do? I, okay. I, I love mixing because uh, mixing to me is 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 like choosing the instruments or or the wording uh you know there are certain things again you know it's all one process for me and so there are certain mixed decisions that have to happen because it's just part of the song yeah um and so i like having that control uh and um uh, yeah but but mastering you know mastering is like you know you, you build a table you know, you select your wood, you shape all the pieces and you, you you put it together and it's nice and stable and, you know, looks the way you want it to. But then you've got to put the finish on it. Yeah. And so that's what mastering is. It's, it's like putting that coat of varnish on the song. And, um, and then, of course, there's the technical side of it, which I think uh, is a shame that a lot of people overlook it. But the technical side is great because there are certain... Uh, Things that people make, uh, certain decisions people make while they're mixing a song that won't translate well. Yeah. So, in other words, you know, when you're sitting in your car and you're listening to the radio and one song comes on, that, you know, one after another, there has to be a certain consistency. Um, and so, you know, so again, it's not about what your preference. I mean, you know, I would crank the bass knob up on everything left up to me. Yeah, and also um, EQ is so important too because where does everything live? Like if your voice is a baritone, and you've got loads of you know things, you know uh, pieces occupying that same frequency, it's not right. gonna it's not gonna be a slam and song, and you're gonna know what's wrong. The song is good, but it's just not hit me because yeah. because of that factor, you know. And and again, going back to engineering and saying having these tools in your back pocket makes for a much better uh, sonic experience when the song is finally done. Yeah, but that's so important. And, and I think a lot of people, for some reason, they, they don't really understand that, you know, after hours and hours, because, you know, I mean, most people are under the impression that you just go into the studio, you sit down, you pick up the guitar and you play it and you're done. <laughs> and an hour later, the song is finished, you know, but, but I mean, days, months go into a song sometimes yeah, it's true a lot of times and you know you don't want to go through all of that work and and you know crafting the song the way that you want it to be and then skimping on the last step you know which can destroy the whole the whole song you know and, and yeah. you know and i think as you know for musicians that that's important yeah i you think know, you also uh, have to have good people too like um the last couple records I did, uh, last couple albums, actually, I, I took myself out of any mixing. Uh, I wasn't even there. I said, you guys mix it and then send me the files of the, the mix. And then I, I gave them notes. Here's what I hear. Right. I want this. I want that. Because they're, obviously, they do this every day. They're, and they're, they're very, right. very good. You know, they work on Music Row and they know what they're doing. So I think sometimes it's a distraction for the artist. Plus, you know, if you're living with this thing day after you wrote all the songs, you did all the vocals, <laughs> you you know, you came up with all the, you know, the piece, not all the pieces, but you pretty much had the vision for the song. It's like you've I've been too close to this thing. I got to get away from it, you know, to Yeah, there are it. there are times, you know, and um 
you know, once in a while I'll, I'll call a friend to, to, to lay down a part, even though I could do it. You know, I just really, again, need that, that, that outside perspective. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, again you know for me it's all one big process i mean all of it is the art all of it is the, the creation um but i think um you know i'm naturally inclined that way and ever since i started as a teenager you know doing this stuff that that's how i've been doing it right um but i think for the average musician most musicians are musicians <laughs> right uh, you know a songwriter is a songwriter so they will write you know they will craft a great song but you know they don't necessarily know whether the snare drum needs a little bit more of like 4k and eq or something you know yeah um and, and they're usually not the best uh to, to make those kinds of decisions yeah but, uh, but, you know, there are a few of us that, you know, again, we, we just love the whole process. Yeah. Well, you got it down, man. You've got got a great sound. And I don't hear too much bass. I love the bass. I love what you got going there. Um, as we're wrapping up here, George, um, just wanted to, uh, we're going to put all of your, your socials, uh, your connections in the show notes, of course, for people to find you. Um, but can you give um, us a shout out to your best place uh, that you would like people to uh, to reach you and find you and connect with you. Well, the best really is my website. Okay. Um, you know, I'm on Facebook and uh, you know, it's a Facebook page, Instagram, uh, uh, Twitter, all the you know, all the the normal stuff. But my website is a place where I combined music and ministry, and so there are a lot of devotionals. And uh, things like that. Sometimes I just kind of ramble on with my thoughts. So it's kind of like my place, like my little blog, also a ministry place. And, um, and, and so that, that's the place that I would, you know, uh, really encourage people to go to, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, information there. Uh, I also, uh, you know, do crowdfunding from time to time when, uh, you know, when my wife doesn't let me spend too much money on my but, uh, <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, I mean, but that, that really is the place. Uh, and, uh, of course, dialogue with me. Comments. Excellent. Excellent. Um, as, we, uh, as we're going to say goodbye here, would you like to uh, give us a send-off and say anything special to our uh, audience in many countries around the world to follow this show, uh, just to say hello? Or would you like to perhaps impart a small prayer or blessing on uh on our on our folks absolutely awesome absolutely you know i, I really just want to encourage you know especially those who, who consider themselves uh you know uh christians if you profess to be a christian uh and you're a musician uh you know i just want to let you you know just kind of encourage you you know because there is no difference you know your ministry is everything that you do you know ministry isn't just somewhere where you go and you know do a task and then leave you know but ministry is every single thing that you do so i want to encourage especially musicians christian musicians who i also have a heart for, uh to to just really you know get into the things of god get into the word of god you know, and uh, just let god carry you through uh, that that's but yeah, I mean, we can pray. Absolutely. Lord, I, I, I do pray for whoever is listening. And I pray, Lord, that the things that we spoke about will touch their heart, Lord, not just 
purely from a uh, the standpoint of, of uh, you know, being a technician or a musician, songwriter or anything like that, Lord. But I, I just pray that people will uh, just connect with you. And, and I pray that, that, that they would allow you, Lord, to lead them and to have that desire, Lord. I, I pray that they would have that desire to, to just be all who you have created them to be. And we just thank you, Lord. We know that you'll do it. Thank you. And Jesus. Amen. 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 Awesome. George, this was really, really awesome for you to come on here. I really appreciated you uh, doing on short notice. It was really great to meet you. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a face-to-face one of these days really soon. So I just want to uh, ask all of God's blessings on you, your family, and your ministry uh, moving forward. And thank you for being a part of the Dharmic Evolution. Thank you for the opportunity. I I really appreciate it. And it is great to meet you as well. Music at georgehillman.com. That's where you can find out all about George. Hope you guys enjoyed this as much as I did. And please um, keep the comments coming about the show. Really appreciate it. Share it with somebody. Send it to somebody. But until the next time when we meet again, I'll either see on the socials, I'll see you from the stage, and let's not forget to all stay connected. I was connected, everybody knew my name, wise guys and movie stars would line up like Treasure